Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friends. Welcome to the other side of 2021. Um, We are here in transition away from the year 2020. Um, I think even if, you know, the the Gregorian calendar treats January 1st like a special thing, but (laughs) in terms of like the cycles of the sun and the moon and the the natural world, the seasons, it's not, it's sort of a, a mundane time. We already crossed into winter on December 21st with the winter solstice, but I think since so many people kind of observe this shift into the new year, it does carry a lot of weight. And I, I feel that sense of like freshness as well, although it's a lot different this year, having been in pandemic life um, for most of 2020. This year felt a lot different and I feel um, weary and tired, but also the sense of optimism and, and hope as we transition into a new period. And I find as I hear other people talk about shifting into the new year, and I see this in myself, um, you know, a lot of us are looking for some sense of relief after what was a hard year, um, depending on what we went into 2020 with. Um, And I think for those of us who maybe weren't on the edge or, um, you know, carried a lot of privilege into 2020, we're feeling, um, I don't know, we may feel more kind of shocked by the weight of it. Um, Whereas, and this doesn't mean that it's okay, but I know that hearing from other people who maybe have shouldered poverty or sickness prior to the year 2020, you know, it was, um, sort of just an extra added layer on top of what was already a lot of difficulty. So I think for some of us who had relative ease going into 2020, we may have been more thrown off. Um, and I think there's this tendency to be looking for relief, but also kind of numbness or comfort or just wanting to kind of anesthetize ourselves against what what was really hard on many levels for most people, depending, you know, again, regardless of what you were carrying prior to the pandemic, um, that only added extra layers of complexity. But the risk right now is that, you know, as President Biden takes office later this month, as vaccines get rolled out, there is this tendency, I think, especially in Western culture, to want to numb out again, right? And sort of reflect, like, um, tidy up what was kind of a messy year and we'll just sort of move on and, like, <laughs> things will be better. We'll get back to, you know, Obama era, which, of course, wasn't that dreamy for many, many people. So um, I think as I as I move into this year and as I support clients moving into this year, I just want to encourage all of us to continue evolving through this discomfort to continue holding on to the challenges of these times and and really to evolve you know to not kind of shirk back into comfort or being able to tune out what was difficult and you know what we didn't want to see before but to really continue to embrace the discomfort and continue to grow and to remember that, you know, this pandemic and everything that it's brought to light isn't going to go away with, 
you know, vaccines, right? It's, there's, it's bigger than that. Um, and what came to life in 2020 was important for us to look at. And so I just wanted to share that for myself, but also for you, if you're feeling that sense of, um, or you know that there's a danger for you to kind of go to sleep again, which, um, many of us are still asleep in, in lots of ways. And that's, you know, we're all on this journey together. It's a collective unfolding. And some of us are, you know, just now awakening to what others, um, especially people of color who have, you know, been aware of, of many of these things for millennia. Um, a lot of us are just seeing it for the first time and we don't want to go back, go back to sleep. We want to see what, what has come to life. Um, so here we are now in the winter kind of grieving 2020, um, integrating what came through, maybe um, rejuvenating or tapping into some optimism for 2021, which is beautiful. And I, I support you in doing that. I think a lot of us are sort of wondering where to direct our energy right now. Um, a lot of people really resist the winter season. And I understand it's dark, it's wet, you know, especially with things closed for the pandemic or options for getting out and connecting are feel even more limited than they did in the summer or fall. Um, so I want to share some thoughts today um, that can feel really supportive to you as you sort of settle into the winter season and consider the bigger picture of your life and your career right now, um, holding the complexity and the vastness of this time that we're in. Um, I just have one little announcement today. Um, and that is that there is a rooting in call that I'm offering. I do this once a month. Um, it's free. It's on Tuesday, January 12th at 2 PM Pacific standard time. Um, these are just monthly, like little 20 minute super doses of nature-based wisdom. We do some guided meditation. Um, and I share some thoughts about how you can tap into the invitations of this time in your career. Um, it's a really sweet time. All you need to do is show up. There's no participation. Your video is not on, you know, the call is, is free. It's just a way for me to kind of help you get grounded and resourced in your life and career. So if that sounds nutritive or sweet to you, you can RSVP by joining Cedar Lodge, which is also free. Um, so join Cedar Lodge and visit the events page and you can RSVP there. Um, and we will, yeah, we'll gather on Tuesday, January 12th. Um, you can join Cedar Lodge as always for free by visiting the link in the show notes or visiting a wildnewwork.com slash cedar dash lodge. Um, yeah. So with that, why don't I share our opening invocation? Wherever you are, you can settle into your body, see if you can just bring some extra loving attention to these bones, these muscles, um, the, the fat that keeps you warm, and listen as I, I share this invocation. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. Um, well, as always, I want to share some thoughts about the season that we are in here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, 
if you don't know already, I'm recording this here in Portland, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and in the early winter, you know, it is wet here. It is dark most of the time. The days are still short. Um, not far from here, there is snow, but in the valley, we are absorbing a lot of rainwater, which is a huge blessing. We need this dark, wet time. Um, I know it feels inconvenient for those of us who like to be comfortable and, you know, stay dry and just be out and about freely. Um, but we desperately need this rainwater and it looks like things are on track to be like a normal amount of, of water stored up this, um, winter, which is going to feed us through the spring, summer and fall. So I'm just so grateful for the rain. Winter, just like summer, is a stabilizing season. You know, the autumn and the spring act like bridges. They take us to the winter or to the summer. Um, but in these middle periods, we experience, experience the fullness of something. You know, in the winter, we're experiencing the fullness of the quiet, the wet, the invisible, the stillness. And with every season, there are risks and opportunities, of course, like everything in life. You know, some of the literal and metaphorical risks of winter are freezing or becoming stagnant in your life. Um, you could, you know, there are, is also always the risk of unconsciousness or hibernating without intention, you know, like I was talking about earlier, kind of falling asleep or numbing out um, and bringing a lack of intention to your life and your and time this year. Um, and of course, energetic depletion. If we overdo it in the winter, if we're doing a lot, expending a lot of energy, our soil is not going to be fertile or strong enough to support our intentions and the liveliness come spring. And that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong or that it's bad to be active in the winter, just that there is a deeper invitation here that I suggest we all listen to, um, to not you know, just try to get through this time to not kind of resist the darkness and complain about the rain or the snow or the cold all the time, but to really embrace it even when it's uncomfortable because the opportunities of the winter season are immense. There is a chance now for us to integrate the weight and the complexity of the year that we just went through. There is a chance for us to become more fertile, more open, more absorbent to the water, to the leaves that are composting on top. Um, that are, you know, all of the nutrients that are landing in our lives right now. And there's also the opportunity to cultivate rejuvenation, both through intentional action, but also intentional stillness. When I get restless in the winter and I feel like I want more to be happening, I try to remember that most of what is going to grow in the spring and summer is already alive and potent in the soil. You know, of course, we add seedlings in our gardens. There are baby plants that have never been born. But most of what we're going to enjoy when the days get longer and warmer is already here, right? It's just hidden or dormant. So our work is to practice patience, but also to really ready ourselves to receive, to nurture the opportunities and challenges to come. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. You know, every season we move through three zodiac signs, which just means that the sun moves through three zodiac signs in the sky per season. So in the winter, we're moving through the end of the zodiac cycle. We are moving through Capricorn, Aquarius, and then Pisces before the start of the spring when a new cycle will begin. 
And these archetypes can shed more light on nature's wisdom in this time. And I I pull on that so that we can really learn and align our growth with what is happening all around us so that we're more connected to the land, to the seasons, um, and not working or living in a way that's in resistance to it. So here we are in Capricorn season until January 19th. And Capricorn is a cardinal earth sign. So it's based on the earth element and it's cardinal, which just means that it is the initiating energy of the season. It starts the season. Um, So there is a sense of like beginning and action, um, all based within this kind of steady, resourceful earth element. And it's symbolized by the sea goat, um, which is a mythological creature that is half fish, half goat. Um, So we're really looking at depth and water and living in the sea and the mysteries there, but also ascension and climbing and that kind of earthly um, manifestation energy, that desire to seek new heights, to to, um, explore. In the tarot, which I use with my coaching clients, Capricorn is embodied by the devil card, um, which is an archetype in the major arcana, which, as I learned from my teacher, Lindsay Mack, is particularly helpful around New Year's because when we're in the devil card, which is kind of just means that when we're in a period of life or we're learning in this way, it's really about the process of learning how not to get caught up in the mind's stories about um, failure or about who we are when we kind of fall off the wagon. It is about what we do when the mind wants to lure us into old narratives about not being disciplined enough, about being bad, about not being able to do anything right. There is a part of us that is invested in believing that we are bad in some way because it's a familiar train of thought for most of us. You know, it's it's internalized oppression that we may have learned as children. Um, it's a way that we made sense of the world as little people. Um, it kind of offers us this like fucked up form of comfort. So, you know, if you think about when you have, if you've made New Year's resolutions in the past, or if you've made one for 2021, you know, what happens in your brain when you get off track or when something doesn't come to fruition or you commit to something and then you don't see it through, right? There's the the fact, the objective fact that you didn't see something through, but then there's a lot of suffering that comes from our brains that have big stories about what that means, right? About who we are. So when we're moving through Capricorn's lessons and the devil's lessons, we are changing how we relate to the story that we're bad. We are rewriting the story of when we got fired, right? We're rewriting so that we're, it's about learning, not just shame or blame, or we are loving ourselves even when we neglect our morning practice or when we answer emails at night again. We are radically altering our neurology so that we can look at the getting off track from a place of maturity and wisdom, not, you know, oh, this means I'm a failure and I'm never going to work again, or I'm always going to be burnt out, or I have no choice in the matter, right? This opens up space for us to achieve what we actually want to achieve and with a lot more love for ourselves. So just something to hold on to as you kind of feel into your ambitions for 2021, you know, how can you not only achieve what it is you want to achieve this year, but how can you actually change your mindset when things go awry? Um, 
that is really important work and it's what we're looking at in Cedar Lodge in our um, free community course this month. So um, if you know you have a tendency to get harsh when things don't go the way you intended, um, you know, join us for that course. We're all kind of unlearning that process. Um, before I get into more thoughts about how we can settle into the winter in our working lives, I want to share some larger thoughts about how we can settle into this season in terms of how we relate to the earth. Um, I took a spiritual ecology course with Emergence Magazine this summer, or this winter, uh, this autumn, sorry. Um, and it was really about learning a new way of relating to self and to the earth and kind of infusing ecological renewal with spiritual renewal and not seeing them as separate. Um, and the instructor, Amrita Bohi, talked about how the earth is not a problem to be solved, right? We are not here as rescuers, but we are also not here as a parasite, you know, for millennia, humans lived in right relationship to the earth, and we can get back there. It's it's not going to happen overnight, and it's going to take a lot of work and intention, but it is possible to be in right relationship to this earth where you were born, to the earth that has sustained you your entire life. Um, and there's a lot of potential here to shift how we view ourselves in relationship to the land. Um, and this is complex and it's something that I'm still at the very beginning of learning about, especially as a white person on indigenous land. Um, and in this vein, Amrita shared a quote by an indigenous elder, and I'm so sorry, I didn't, I don't have the attribution. I wasn't able to find anywhere the name of the person who said this, but I felt like it was important to share it with total respect and apologies that I don't have more specifics about where Amrita heard this, but the way Amrita related, she was at an event in England and um, it was about this topic of spiritual ecology. And there was an indigenous man from Turtle Island, AKA the United States. And this person stood up on the stage in front of this audience, took a long pause. And then he said, we won't save mother earth. Mother earth will save us. This is a profound shift in perspective, and I will get this, you know, to tie into our working lives more specifically in a moment, but I want to make sure that this really lands. We won't save Mother Earth. Mother Earth will save us. Those of us who are white or European or who are from colonizer cultures have internalized a belief that the world is here to be conquered. You know, a belief that the streams, the meadows, our own hearts even are to be bent and manipulated for our will. So what does it mean to be saved by Mother Earth? You know, what are we being saved from? We're being saved from the sicknesses that stem from being out of relationship to the earth. The ailments that come from capitalism, patriarchy, white supremacy, colonization, from empire. And what is needed on a big, vast level, but also in our own small, mundane, and beautiful lives is really a reconnection to the land, an offering of our lives as service to it, not arriving to our lives as, you know, a savior or a conqueror. And again, I feel infantile in my learning about what this really means. And I know it's going to take the rest of my life to do so, but I also know that it's where the real 
work is because it has its tendrils in everything, how we relate to ourselves, to one another, to the food we eat, to the air we breathe, I mean, on and on. And being saved by the earth doesn't mean that we abdicate responsibility, but it means a a more humble orientation, accepting help, accepting that it's not all up to us, accepting that, you know, of course, it's wonderful to recycle and, you know, to not, you know, I don't know, buy like gas guzzling cars all the time. All these things are important, but um, it's also accepting that we can't do it all and admitting that things really have gone awry and that we would like to have a different type of relationship to this world now, not as its savior, but as its student. Uh, Martin Shaw is a storyteller from the UK and in his book Scatterlings, um, he writes about his encounters with people in the US or on Turtle Island who, um, in his view, seem very lost. (laughs) And um, I want to read you a short passage from this book. He wrote, But to anyone on that huge island, he's speaking to those of us on Turtle Island or the United States, he says, get back out there. This was and is my counsel, not as devourer, but one prepared to be devoured. The spiritual seeker who seeks nature to get some healing from it is surely a subtle manifestation twice removed of those who continually use it for financial gain. We have to give up to get no river creek responds to to get they feel the lash of that tone before so how do things change for you if you imagine being invited into healing and renewal by the landscape that's all around you you know how does that shift things what if on your next hike or your next walk in your neighborhood you meander with the intention of noticing all that you receive You know, what if you offer your sweat, your movement, your attention to celebrating something that's older and wiser than you? These insights, you know, they don't need to translate neatly into working life, but I do want to see, I I do want to share some important and more specific threads to tie in. You know, we are in Capricorn season, and again, it's symbolized by the sea goat or the goat, um, and this creature that wants to climb the mountain, right? It's, if you are familiar with astrology at all, you'll hear a lot about kind of the mountain and, you know, is, is the work you're doing, you know, worthy of your ambition? I've talked about that in the past. Um, is, is the work you're doing aligned with your kind of spiritual, um, path? Is it, you know, is it big enough for you, essentially? And I used to think that the invitation of this time was to find the right mountain, (laughs) to find, you know, the right work, a new job, a new business, etc. Like, and to climb that and conquer that mountain. And I used to believe that, you know, there were many mountains throughout our career that we should climb and, and conquer and achieve and then move on. But actually, I believe that the mountain is our one big life. You know, the mountain, maybe we are, we're born at its base and we fly off of its peak at our death. And in the meantime, we meander up, down, and all around. The mountain is ours and it's vast. It can shift weather patterns. It is not the same all around. It is a home and a shelter to many, many organisms, including ourselves. 
And despite, you know, 19th and 20th century industrial propaganda, we cannot bend the mountain to our will. You know, we blast her insides apart. We mine her empty at our own peril. So the mountain, the big work is already here. It is our life. And the invitation is to get to know it, to have a real honest relationship with it, not to be comforted by it all the time, not to be put to sleep in its caves, but to adapt and learn from its mysteries and its steadfastness. So just like Mother Earth is the one doing the saving here, if we will let it, (laughs) I wonder if work with a capital W can play a part in saving us as well. And this is tricky because there's the risk of getting into workism or the belief that all you are and all that you will become can be realized through your career. And that's not what I'm talking about. But I do know for myself and my clients that work can be an incredibly spiritual path. I have learned so much about myself and have grown so much through the work that I do. And it isn't all of me, but it is a really important part of my life. And I think it is for you too. When we accept our big capital W work, our creativity, our activation, our gifts, our curiosity, it can transform us. And I use the word accept here intentionally, accepting our big work. I think there's tremendous wisdom in relating to work and career development differently, not as something to be optimized or conquered, but as something to be received. Just notice how that feels in your body to imagine receiving your best work, not having to go out and toil and find it and, you know, suffer, but to receive it, to accept it like the gift that it is. And this doesn't mean that we do nothing, but it means that we enter into a relationship with our path, with our career. We are one part of it. We are not the whole thing. It is not all up to us. So what is the big work that you want to explore this year? Maybe it's a book that you want to write or new collaborations or a role that is more conducive to your health. And you may not even know what it is. You may just feel drawn to exploring a new part of your mountain of your life. So you can utilize this time of year, this Capricorn archetype, to ask that your path be revealed to you. You can ask for help. You can ask for the big work to come down from the sky and to live through you. Ask for work that you're proud of, that connects you. And then, as you ask, ready yourself for its arrival. You know, just like the soil is so absorbent right now, you can be absorbing the fresh insights, the fresh rainwater, you know, clean your workspace, get, get organized at at the risk of sounding totally cliche, deepen your connections to the people you admire, you know, rest when you need to strengthen your body for the climb. The active work right now is about becoming more and more receptive Okay, it's sort of like a paradox. We are actively becoming more receptive. It may not be the obvious work of writing the book or signing a contract or pursuing a new job, but in the darkness and the wet of winter, we do the indirect but equally important work of being with this time, really being present, tending to our soil, being taught by the land. And in this way, our big work can come in and save us. 
from hopelessness, from emptiness, from numbness. The challenge here is really in making room for it and then accepting it when it arrives. So, you know, making the room, making the soil fertile, and then not shunning the project that you know is yours, not belittling the ideas that percolate when you first wake up, really honoring them, honoring the threads that are coming through, the magic, the potential that is underneath the soil. This is really a magical time of potential. And if you feel weary from the weight of this pandemic, I totally understand. And I encourage you to continue to grieve when you need to. Um, You know, the activity of this time doesn't need to be depleting. That's sort of the opposite of what we want. The activity of this time is meant to be rejuvenating. It is meant to build you up. It may mean that it's a lot of extra movement for you if you're someone who likes that. For others, it may mean a lot more rest. You know, I trust your intuition and your instincts to guide you to whatever activity needs to look like for you right now. But no matter what your activity is, I encourage you to really be mindful And let the plants, the clouds, the rain, the moon, let them offer you healing. Let them devour you (laughs) a little more this time of year um, and really settle into the magic of this season to the indirect, absorbing, receptive work. And in that way, you are going to open up more space to achieve in the next year to come. And I and in this way, you really honor your ambitions and they may surprise you. So thank you so much for being with me today. I'm excited to see what this winter holds for you, for me, for this amazing, beautiful community. If you would like to learn more and do the work that this season offers, join us in Cedar Lodge. Um, We're moving through our current course, which is called How to Get What You Want, which is free while the sun is in the sign of Capricorn and available for purchase later. If you're listening after, you know, late January, the current courses that we're in are always free. And then, of course, we will be gathering on January 12th at 2 p.m. for that sweet, short, rooting-in call, um, which you can RSVP for in Cedar Lodge. So thank you, my friends. Be well. Happy winter. Um, I'm out here cheering you on. Reach out anytime. If this podcast feels supportive to you, I would love it and appreciate it if you would rate it, subscribe, share it with friends, leave a review. Um, all of that emboldens you know, me and the work and gets it out there to others. So thank you. Many blessings this winter season, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.